Hello and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm joined by Josh and Luke Youngren. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Or it's like happy two days before Thanksgiving that we're recording, but Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Sean. How you doing? I'm doing fabulous. That's great. Yeah, we are uh we're still to quote unquote recovering from COVID. I don't know if you saw Sean that we have COVID. You told me. You, oh, <laughs> you yeah. just okay, told yeah. me the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we? I did. Yesterday when? I said oh. wasn't it yesterday? Yeah, or was, two days it ago. Was two days ago now. Two days ago before your article, yeah. We uh we got we tested what? The first positive Thursday. test was last Thursday. So we've just been kind of locked down. You yeah, know, we haven't been doing anything for like the last No. But I, mean, I will say shout out to the um the what the the second booster a bivalent what? covid booster yeah i don't know if if uh, i will i will pitch this right now we are on yeah it's day 6 technically of our symptoms i guess starting and it has been very mild for us which is lucky we're very fortunate that it was not that bad i actually yeah. don't know if i would have thought i was sick if i hadn't um hadn't tested positive and it's funny because we uh the the reason we got it was we went out we what, what when did we get our booster it was like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, four weeks we had some ago. friends in town two weekends ago, and we went to a karaoke bar for the first time in since COVID, and of course we got COVID yeah. <laughs> from that. Yeah, of course um, we had just we had gotten our our the bivalent booster and our flu shot um, like eleven or twelve days before that, and so we were like, you know what, I haven't done. I love karaoke. I haven't done karaoke since the pandemic started. I'm, we just got our boosters. We're going to do karaoke. I want to do karaoke, and it was absolutely packed. And we didn't. It took us like two hours to get up and sing. And okay. you ever been to a karaoke bar, Sean? Oh boy, I, I've never been. I don't really You've never have been to karaoke. Intentions. Oh man, it, karaoke is an is an awesome time. No, but I it can't also do it. it's just cringy. <laughs> it, it's just too. Oh, I, it's fun. It's fun. Nope. And I get like secondhand <laughs> embarrassment for people. I can't. It's just not my. I can do a mechanical bowl, but I can't do the karaoke. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, those I are guess two it's... completely separate things. Mechan- I, I, I would they... do a mechanical bowl. That sounds fun. <laughs> Maybe there's a mechanical bowl in Seattle. Maybe we can all go to. Uh... We should do a. We should. There's do a karaoke. country bar or something. I think. Not we far should really do a hockey not. stats karaoke session. That's what should really happen. Yeah, after that, I mean that's that's been yeah like years of. But I, it, I will so... say that if, if literally if you think about COVID spreading. A karaoke bar gotta be like the number one place. A small packed bar. I mean, this place. So for anybody who is from the in the, I guess Minneapolis, St. Paul, probably knows if you like karaoke that there's this place called Otter's Bar in Northeast. Otter that, Saloon. I Otter think. Saloon. Sorry, and they do. I think it's like every night. Yeah, it's karaoke. nightly karaoke. And it's this. It's in. You know, I don't know if Boston has these. I'm sure, but it's like one of those like. Um, there's like a corner, like it's like an angled street, and like the bar is like the end of like the angle or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's just, just on it, a corner, like yeah. Well, well but it's, it's but like it's a just, really diagonal corner. Yeah. it's not a normal. It's corner. not a normal ninety degree you, corner bar. Again, you've never been you know? to Boston. You've never seen the North End. Boston was made. Boston was designed as just a fuck you. Like I don't know if you ever looked at like a map of Boston. <laughs> well, let's get some geography. Where oh. North End? Yeah. What do you think is the most fucked up city? I wonder in terms of just like design. Because I will say that well, Minneapolis. It depends oh, what you're talking about here. Because Boston's an enjoyable city to, as long as you're not driving, um, to get around. It's a really beautiful city. Whereas I would say like a poorly designed city would probably be like. Uh, well, it's like a Boston, whole harbor there. Austin, Houston, like a Texas city. Like Texas yeah. cities are dumb. Like they just they just threw on 
asphalt. Like it was just yeah. It, well, that's oh, what I I've see. heard. Like East Boston. Well, not East Boston. Like well, well what like is... all of Boston is designed poorly, but like the well, uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of built on like a in like a huge harbor, like all of these bays and stuff. Are you talking what? about the actual East Boston? Or are you talking no, about just talking, like all of Boston? What like what? There's a particular intersection in the North End that I go through every time I go to a Bruins game. Oh, that is I see. like I see this TikTok account. That it's just a guy that posts outside of his apartment window at this this intersection, <laughs> like right when you get off 93 at Government Center. Oh, well, I'm on 93 North Government Center. You go left to like. Um, to government center you go right to cross street and then you would take like you take like the left on cross street and you get to this just this really dumb intersection that intersects with, i don't even know what the name of the street is that would like take you over the bridge anywho i don't know yeah. the north end was just designed super poorly but to walk around in the north end is beautiful so yeah, well, and that's I think part of it has to do with old cities, right? Boston is a very old city, right? Yeah, it's probably one of the oldest, right? Yeah, but like I don't know, Montreal is not like that. That's true. Let me New just York's see. New York's not like that. Yeah, but I think that like Boston not like that. would be one of the. Oh yeah, well Philadelphia actually is probably the first. What is the first city settled in? Well, this is from the Thrillist: the nine worst designed cities in the U.S. And uh, from it's from 2016. I don't know what this is based on. Number two is Boston. <laughs> well, what's number one? Houston. Yeah, Houston's really poorly designed. But the thing that I like about Houston is there's a million different places you could just take a U-turn. Like that's like really popular. Like the way that they design the roads, you could just take U-turns. So like, I went the wrong way about a billion times like last year when I was down there. <laughs> And all I just had to do was just pull a Yui, and they're like illegal Yui's that's like designed in the road. Whereas like up here, it's like, oh yeah, you just pull, you just do the you just pull we just do the you just do the oh, yeah, yeah bootleggers got... bootleggers U turn yeah just right in the middle of right the in the middle of the street oh yeah that's... I'm looking at Houston right now it's just all types of grid systems going whichever way there's a bunch they of weird like one ways. I don't know what the hell they were doing. What is anyway, this based on? I'm okay. curious what the worst design anyway, city. We're getting. What are the other worst design? And then we'll uh, move which on. Which is funny because gone... too, like I, I love Houston. I think it's a great city. Like I, I think maybe I just have a problem where I like poorly designed cities. <laughs> uh, this is in the world. I wonder. New Orleans is on this list from MapQuest. <laughs> Boston is seven on this one. Boston seems to be kind of up there. In terms of poorly designed cities, but uh, it Atlanta. depends on what you're talking about. Because if you are walking around the city, it's it's a fine yeah. city to walk around. Well, yeah, but that you can't just like con- consider walking walkability. But part of the problem of with Boston city. is the public transportation sucks. Like the T is awful. Well, yeah, I so haven't taken the T in years, and I have zero. Yeah, I would rather sit in traffic than take the T. Anyway, to get I back guess. to this, <laughs> this bar is on like a really angled corner street, and so it's like one of those buildings where it's very a very diagonal it's like a wedge and anyway and it, so the yeah. bar inside is at the end of the corner and it's this really small space and so it was like you know what we just got our boosters you know and you know we're gonna go to karaoke for the first time in like the first years. time in three years and, and then, of course we got covid we got so, covid from it which but anyway the boot the the booster seems to have i, um, I will highly recommend if you haven't gotten your bivalent or omicron booster that you should go get it or a booster because i would say that the I don't know how many vaccines you've gotten, Sean, but we've gotten now a total of four shots, I think. The first two were like the first and second dose, and then we've had 
Or no. Was it three? Yeah, Wait. 8K. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We're, we need to move on. The vaccines were... Well, actually, this isn't a very good uh, uh, advertisement okay, for we're vaccines. Moving on from, but, <laughs> we're moving on from this. But one, it's been Josh. very mild, and it's yeah, luckily we've But been we just had it. to stay at home and whatnot, and, and, and you know. Uh, but anyway, hockey. You guys hockey, are very humble for the New Jersey Devils on a 13-game win streak. <laughs> and I think you guys haven't been talking about that much. Well, we were on a, uh, on, on a Rangers podcast. We didn't. Sean pushed the podcast back to, to tonight. We're recording. It's a Tuesday night, which is a day late, because Sean is now back to being the number one Bruins fan. In, mm-hmm. in the NHL, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, honestly returning to his, his roots. You, you know, know, and I can't blame him with the Bruins looking the way they have been. But, yeah, yeah we were on a blue shirt breakaway with uh, Greg and Ryan last night. And, you know, talk, talk, about, to, the, talk, talk about the Devils a little bit. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think well, the so, Devils, like, they had to, it was it was, like, needed to happen that they get thir- 13 wins in a row, right? Like, just Devils, 13, yeah. you know. Like numerology, <laughs> you know, it's really got associated with the devil. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. It, well, they really need to get to 666 straight wins, right? <laughs> they should just rock a 666 win percentage the whole. I know the whole year, <laughs> right? I wonder what team, what year did the devil? Were the devils closest to rocking uh, that win or percentage? points percentage? Points percentage, yeah. Sorry, but it wouldn't. That wouldn't work though. I mean, they should in that situation. You should just allow it to say point six 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 instead of point six six seven instead of rounding. Um, anyway, well, technically so it we, shouldn't round. Say, it's just, it just keeps going. Anyway, uh, we were only the second highest on the projections ahead of the season behind Money Puck. So shout out Money Puck because he was, I think, a point half a point higher than we were. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Devils are insane. They're much better than anybody. But see, that's not really comparable because the the, <laughs> the distributions, like each model is going to have a diff, different distribution. Yeah, that's true. We should really should normalize those on in like a Z score type way and compare to see how high he actually was. Yeah. On anyway, but yeah, Devils um, making everyone who all the doubters, all the haters, you know, they're they're being put in their place with the, the Devils. I think we, I think I checked last night, and we have them currently projected to win the Metro. And they're like three or four points higher than the Hurricanes right now is our projection on involving hockey, which is pretty crazy um, considering that the Hurricanes, like, you know, our preseason projection, I think they were like 10 points behind them, which makes sense. I mean, it's still a little bit, it's obviously still early, but like the Devils' underlying numbers are just insane. Like, yeah, they've been pretty crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. Because um, we were asked, what, what, what did we think uh, with the Bruins or Devils? Like reg- like re- continue this kind of dominance, uh, and I think that given the underlying numbers, the Devils seem to be the team there. But I think that their goaltending is much more questionable. So you know, luckily yeah. they've been getting the goaltending. Um, well, it seems like after the first like what first game or two with Vanacek, they just like he's been really pretty solid since, right? I mean, like I, don't I know, told I, you to pick him up in our fantasy, just- bro. <laughs> I had him. I drafted him, and then I dropped him after he wasn't getting played. No, you didn't draft him. You picked I did, him yeah, up. Yeah, I picked him up. Anyway, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the one thing you know, and I think some people have been talking. Obviously, that you still have you have Hughes and Brad and um, Hamilton, right? But I think one of the you know Tatar has been really really good, and Siegenthaler is having, oh yeah, uh, you know some type of year. Is he in? Would he? We have him in our Norris race, Norris ballot right now. If we had a ballot, probably. Let me not. do a little bit of look. See, he's been really really good this year. Yeah, I would assume you, he'd probably be at the top. No, 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 he's not. No, uh, he's Car- not. Carlson, Carlson, is, right now is. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is not expected. This is just like, like it's, as you know, right it's. Now. I mean, Sean's grimacing. Eric well, Carlson is the least favorite player in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'll, 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 <laughs> 
Yeah, let it be known Sean hates Eric Carlson. <laughs> um, I just wouldn't have him as... If like, you do, if outside of that, I think it's Fox and McCarr. Okay, I mean, we need to talk about Nick Sealer though. Like, what the <laughs> hell is going on with Nick Sealer in Philadelphia? My prophecy from my early our early years on Twitter is finally coming true. Do you remember that, Luke? Yeah. Let me see if I can find that uh, that tweet I had from like six years ago. Would you say he was better than? Uh, well, no, no, no. I don't think it was. No, <laughs> huh? You said he was better than someone, Josh? No, I didn't say he was better than anyone. I just used to like I remember before I really knew what I was doing, but I was just we were kind of getting into into stuff on Twitter. I kind of liked Nick Sealer when he played for the Wild. Like in one season I remember saying like, "Oh, and I had a what was the tweet I just saw from 2018?" Um yeah, I don't I don't know why I was so I, I liked Nick Sealer back in 2018, but there's tweets if you search like our Twitter. There's a bunch of stuff about me talking about Nick Sealer back in like 2018. I think I had one that was Sealer over Dermot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> from, this is from yeah, December 2018. It's and, really funny if you look at his rapum chart, it's like the silliest looking rapum chart. Like it really is. It's 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 just all XGA. You know, it's XGA per 60 and then all goals for per 60. And I'm going to assume that that's basically he's had some really good shooting luck. Um, now, I could go look at this on EvolvingHockey.com. Shout out EvolvingHockey. Shout out EvolvingHockey. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, Petrangelo has kind of returned to form this year, too. There's a lot of that, with I think, just with Vegas in general. Like, because Vegas had Theodore and Petrangelo, who absolutely tanked last year after ha- been, you know after being having consistently great results for years before, and now they're kind of back to normal. It seems like everything's kind of gone the right way for Vegas this year when everything went the wrong way last year. Um, sorry, we're, we're derailing your Devils talk, Sean. Did you want to continue talking about Devils? Or are you, no, we actually, move? like, low-key... Actually, does this relate back to the Devils? This relates back to the Devils. So I don't know how I came across him today. Have you followed the Carolina Hurricanes much this year? Um, I mean, um, I've watched a like, handful of their games. Yeah, just kind of. Uh, Stefan Nosen or whatever. Like, he's always Nosek? been like, a replacement. Nason? N- Nosen? Is it Nason? Oh, I, I don't know. I feel like I've. N- like, but it's like Tays, N-O-E. right? Like, Nason? Is it NOE? You're normally yeah, the one O-E. who knows these players, Sean, not us. <laughs> well, dude, he's a replacement. <laughs> the, the most games he's played was 72 in the 17 18 season with the Devils. He's played. Okay. He was a first round pick in 2011 and, and through one, two, three, four, five, six. In nine seasons, he's played 225 games. So it's not like, like I get a pass on the pronunciation here. Granted, he did play like a game or two for like the Leafs. Um, during does the it, COVID is season. it, how does it spell N O E S? Yeah. Yeah, I think they, I think I've heard them pronounce it Nason. Yeah, I think you're right. So like why why is he on the power play for the Canes? He scored two <laughs> goals. So I, I just noticed it because he's really high in terms of like his five on five individual expected goal rate. So he has like three a little over three expected goals, individual expected goals at five on five this year. And he hasn't scored a goal. And so like it popped up in just like some random sorting that I was doing earlier. Yeah, and then like he's on the power play unit somehow. Like he's a replacement guy, and he has two <laughs> goals. I was just curious. No, I don't like, know. I 
I haven't watched a lot of the, or at least the, we, when we got asked about the Rangers yesterday about some of their depth players, and I, I think I've realized that when I watch other teams, I don't technically like always really have a clue who's their, who are their depth players. Like I'm just a normal hockey fan really in that situation, unless I'm specifically scouting someone, right? Um, scout? <laughs> no, I, we have this joke on Twitter where I say I'm going to watch a game to scout someone, um, you know. Yeah, like Shane Pinto. I, I was mean, scouting I didn't really Shane Pinto. But huh? I didn't really I laugh. I know. Yeah, I mean, well, he's fifty ninth in overall individual expected goals. Who? Nason. Shane Nason. Yeah. Nason. Not Shane. What's his first name? Steven? Steve. Stefan. <laughs> Stefan. Stefan. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I mean, I don't know who this players. I actually was watching the Canes. Um, for I think that I was like actually looking at it because I was looking at their power play unit when like you know I'm I mean, I'm not gonna bring up fantasy but I was doing this for fantasy hockey purposes and because um, I was like Tara Vinen isn't on like their top like I was like that's really weird and then I was looking I was like who is this player on their power play it was very odd I don't know <laughs> yeah he's sixth like and these are all regulars here in all situations granted. Like maybe this is how I came across it. All situations expected goals per sixty at the individual level at one point eight two. So Jake Ensel is Jake Ensel has two point oh six expected goals per sixty. He has two point oh seven actual goals per sixty. Maddie T has two point oh four expected goals, one point three two actual. Kreider has one point nine oh expected. He has 1.13 actual. JT has 1.89 expected, 1.92 actual. BT has 1.82. Okay, what is going on? <laughs> what are we just reading off lists of numbers now? Yeah, but he's sixth. He's above De- Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, Jack I took Hughes offense to that. Pasternak and Tage Thompson. No, it's interesting because the last two seasons, he didn't play more than like 50 minutes per season. And like he never really had a – I think I was looking – like he didn't play more than – like he was less than five hundred minutes in like the the th- he's three played two hundred and twenty five games over his span I know. Of nine seasons. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, is he on what line? Is he on? Not the power. He's on the power play, but is he? Who's he playing with? I didn't I know. Even we might look. have to look into this. Yeah, Sean is Sean is uh, peaked our I'm interest. I'm all though. on this now because I was like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, it there's just, been some really weird stuff that's happened in that league. He so plays far with, this with Stefan and Stasny. Yeah, is it Paul? St- is it just Paul Stastny? You know, uh, he's on the fourth line. Yeah, no, third. no. It says Cap Friendly has him with on uh, Nason with Aho and, and Nietzsche. Nietzsche, right? Uh, is it Nakash? I think it's Nietzsche. 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 This is just an this is an episode of us no, not re- it's not knowing. 50, he has so that might be right now. Yes, I see that. That's so on Cap he's, Friendly. He's played fifty-seven point two minutes with. Stefan and Stasny combined, and then 38.8 minutes with Nakash and Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. yeah. The I don't Canes know. are just kind of doing the same. Well, I mean, the, the same thing, quote-unquote, they've done forever, which is just have li- really crazy good shot metrics. And it's like the classic, what, 2018 Canes or whatever, or 2017 Canes, where they were like, like leading in Corsi but just like couldn't score. It seems like kind of what's going on right now. Um, with the Canes, although they're still doing really well, so it's not like a big, uh, you know, they just big can't deal. compete with the Bruins and uh, <laughs> Devils. <laughs> well, I don't know what's happening. I mean, you know, I'm sure the the Bruins have just been like such a crazy team this year too. It's yeah. Like, did you expect this shot from the Bruins? Do you thought you think I don't think it, anybody? It was kind of like honestly, it's it's starting to feel like magic. 
Yeah. And I would say like probably the same thing with the with the Devils, but like I don't know. Last night was pretty cool where the Lightning clearly outplayed them in the first and they come out and they show the Lightning that their asterisks so yeah. the cups mean nothing and they just completely dominate. And uh Patrice Bertrand grabs one thousandth point, obviously. And it was just like it just felt like it was like they can't lose right now. But yeah, they're like w- very they're very like stoic about it too. Like they're just kind of focused on the process. I think they're enjoying it, but like I think they they're also very openly admitting that like they're getting good breaks as well and like that won't always happen. Yeah, and I, I think that you can kind of expect that they're what, like Ninety percent winning, you know, team point percentage is not going to hold for the rest of the year, or whatever, you know, because I think I saw what is did they they set some or tied some record number of home wins? Like aren't aren't they like eleven or something home wins in a row? Have or, they lost at home this year? No. Yeah, yeah, and I think it tied a record. I think I saw some stat eleven come across. eleven and zero. I think ties the all time record for home like the start of season for the start some, of season like 11 we're in town yeah it's something like that which is and there was kinda... another thing with the the devils they swept a western canada road trip and an eastern something like that it was like the first time two streaks had happened in the same streak or i don't know i don't know if someone saw it just a lot of like weird stuff happened in the nhl this is start the season yeah like a lot of like i think that there's some players who were traded that some have been thriving and and in other t- you know, other situations, some have been really struggling. We've um, <laughs> we've talked about this uh, the 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 over and under kind of thing. But what's the most like normal thing that's happened? Like, what's the most expected thing that's happened this year? Patrice Bergeron. Being, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> like again, in Arizona, being towards the bottom of the league. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah, the Ducks. Yeah. Being, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the like Ducks. I don't the, think anybody could have saw the Ducks being at this. I think we were pretty. At we this, were we this were, bad. They're like atrocious right now well i think we were pretty low on the ducks to start the yeah season, but not to we? this point not to this it? point yeah you're probably right i feel like maybe just like, they don't have a regulation one yet do they <laughs> do they wait hold on that i don't think right. they do, though. do they? <laughs> i don't know oh but, i guess yeah we had the ducks at 80 <coughs> 83 points projected and now we have them um yeah i mean i don't know what happened have- to we have them projected at seventy three. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know. What's the most normal thing is what McDavid being good still, <laughs> maybe or or Adam Fox I mean, or dude, McCarr. The Ducks have a negative thirty two goal differential <laughs> in nineteen games. I mean, nobody's nobody thought they'd be that bad. Yeah. I no, I mean, yeah. Well, I think that the NHL is really, really like I see Zegras on like all of his fancy goals, right? The Michigan or whatever. And no, was it the Michigan? The what's what do they call that? The name that doesn't. I make still any call sense. it the, the, the this. No, I still call it the lacrosse goal. They call it's it, not they the call lacrosse it, goal. They call it the Michigan. I'm talking. The they they flipped it up from behind the net, and then it, then the other player batted it in. Right? No, no, you're, I don't know. Whatever. That's different. I don't that, know. I know that's different. That's I can't remember what that. Anyway, I see that on like literally. There's that promo. Yep. that the NHL runs. Oh, and they show his face. And they like, show his that, face oh, reacting. Yeah. And then they show that sick Matthews goal we're on against the Avalanche. <laughs> Do you know that? You know what I'm talking about? Obviously. Yeah. You okay. see he scored last night? He's got um, seven goals and seven assists in the last um, nine games. He's I mean, he's I coming. Mean, Matthews is going to be fine. Yeah, he's, I know. There's nothing, you know, you can't. Didn't he start I, I off slow th- last year, or was that or is that just an injury? Maybe he just was injured last year. No, he started off slow last year, then he went ham. He's and like all, the I know, all I know is that 
you know, he's sitting comfy in the hardest division and second in the hardest division <laughs> in hockey. And the Edmonton Oilers are out of the playoff picture. But I, you know. the Oilers have been su- very surprising to me too. Um, I think it's really funny by our stuff. Like Evan Bouchard is like having a pretty crazy season. Um, even though, well, but but it's like I don't know. Should we do a deep dive on the Oilers right now? No. <laughs> no, Josh doesn't want to ever want to talk about the Oilers. Let's no, see they. Uh, I don't know the Oilers. I haven't. I mean, what? It's probably just going to be Dry Saddle McDavid with them having trouble with their depth, right? Yeah. Isn't that kind of whatever it is every year? That wasn't what it was last year. I mean, that's. Well, currently we have Bouchard above Drysital in our XR. Total. <laughs> no, oh no, don't say that. Don't tweet um, it. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. McDavid currently is like you know a hard candidate again. You know, as every year. I think I think Nugent Hopkins coming back to you know yeah being pretty good. I think um, is also kind of. Is, I think the other surprising Pulyarvi's had a really rough start to the season too. Um, granted, how high we were on him when he was going into free agency or going into the offseason last year um yeah, yeah i don't know and kulak too i was like i really like the kulak signing i know right? um and yeah it's just not but again i haven't watched any i uh, no, i've watched you know, a couple uh, one or two oilers games so i'm not entirely sure uh well we know. watched them lose to the devils the other night we did yeah. um that was that was really funny the devils were i didn't have the sound on or anything it was just like in the background and um I just kept every time I looked up, the Devils were in the Oilers defensive. Like the Devils were in the <laughs> offensive zone. Like the the Devils just look like a powerhouse team. Like they really do, um, which is pretty crazy. It's really fun to see. I think it's cool to see Dougie Hamilton also kind of. He has you a sixty nine percent expected goals, four percentage right now. Child. child, he's the only one in the league with that with at least minutes. <laughs> but it's it's been kind of fun to see, and also I think you know Siegenthaler kind of uh having a really really strong season again you know after being the kind of new defensive god um kind of actually looking like an offensive driver now um yeah i don't know it's kind of it's you know but again it's all still early here and it is um, I, I was just gonna briefly mention i we haven't shared these yet but the preseason point projections i mentioned earlier i guess if i i can use that the most normal team i suppose so the devils are one of i would say probably the biggest overperforming team right now <laughs> yeah, um, obviously I mean, but like also vegas and boston are you yeah know, that's just the nature of how early it is um is there another big is this, an, this is an average of all the public models yeah this is kind of just eyeballing and we'll, we'll share something probably this week uh just I'll, I'll just post something on twitter doing the validation i just it took i was behind the uh I, I just with the season starting, I forgot to go and like capture all of the preseason projections. I usually just manually enter every one of them, so we can kind of not even just to like rank our projections. That's part of it, but also it's I think it's pretty useful to look at like say eight or nine or ten of the public models and see like where the general consensus was around teams among the models, and you can kind of get an idea about how teams are doing relative to that. Um, the most underperforming team I think right now is. I mean, I don't know. You could probably, I don't know. Actually, this is a bit of a surprise. What do you think the most underperforming team is according? Like, I, I think according to the model preseason projections right now. You have a guess. Um, in terms of points. Yeah, like expect like preseason points percentage points. Well, just yeah, point yes, like overall performance from its, the, from points. The, the wild. Uh, no, I wouldn't say the wild. Although they're kind of close. Um, not the Blues. 
The the Wild are probably in content or can I guess contention. Well, the Blues didn't they? Aren't they? Haven't they won like seven after they lost eight in a row? Oh yeah. Um. So they kind of are back to being right in the you know kind of more ex- where expected was. I would say. I I actually think the the Wild are probably the second or third most underperforming. I think just kind of eyeballing this, it's either Vancouver um, or Washington. Actually, might be. Yeah, I haven't watched a Capitals game all year. Yeah, I haven't yeah, either. I, I don't think. Much, <laughs> <laughs> well, they've been kind of hurt too this year. Like they've been without Carlson, right, and Orlov, and they sent um, my boy Connor down to Hershey. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you um, clarify who that is? I actually for Connor McMichael. Oh, McMichael. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, the, I think the most Man, Kuznetsov has been having a rough start too. I actually think the most normal or most expected team, the team that is playing right in the middle of their expectations among the spread of public projections, is Carolina right now. Um, and then I think second is actually probably St. Louis. Um, oh, okay. So just was... kind of eyeballing where the projections were. Philly is kind of close. Uh, Tampa is kind of close. They're a little under. Um, but, yeah, I think it's probably Carolina. It might also be Toronto. Toronto's like uh, – there is a wider spread among the models um, around Toronto. Um, but, but I think that they, they've been pretty solid as of late, and that's kind uh, yeah. of like the pace that they are probably were projected on, um, yeah. kind of this kind of – where the other – like the Bruins and the Devils and the, and the Golden Knights obviously are far exceeding what they possibly could finish at from a points percentage standpoint. But yeah, I was going to bring up also like Alex Dabrinkit. Are people, is people talk – that's the most I, – I think that's maybe the most surprising. Did we talk about that last episode? I think we did, but it hasn't changed. Oh. <laughs> it's still did like – Did you see Brad's tweet today? Uh, no. No. It, it was like he's scored more goals per 60 with – Broussard than he ever did with Kane. <laughs> Fun. So if true? you're into goals, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of with the Senators, like, you know, it's, I don't know. We've watched a couple. It's just kind of a, you know, I think the Senators are fun because they're kind of just a mess, which is fun to watch, you know, in in general. I saw uh, a good, I saw a good tweet, and I, like, luckily, I'm not like too into uh, like the auto market. But I know, like, there's been, like, this wide-ranging complaint about, um, I guess, like, their structure. And, like, coaching, I think, is in general. Like, I I, I know that Pierre Dorian kind of came out and, like, defended um, DJ Smith. Is it DJ? Did I get that right? I, I think yeah, so. Right? That sounds right. Um, but it's, like, they're so chaotic. And I haven't watched them enough to, like, pinpoint, like, what the structure is. And I feel like people are just kind of throwing that word out there. What? As opposed to just um, identifying actual issues, they're just yeah. they're just nuts. I, I don't even I don't even know what I'm watching when I'm watching an Ottawa Senators game, <laughs> but I do think like to some extent that is kind of enjoyable. And then uh, I yeah. also pulled up the tweet. <laughs> I also pulled up the tweet. Let me try to find it. Where it was like somebody this year was like the Ottawa Senators are paying. Let me let me just pull it up real quick. I quote tweeted it, so I should be able to find it quickly. Um, All right, we'll stall. You stall. It won't take me too long. I got to find this. This is great. Okay, I already got it. Toronto is paying $40 million for Tavares, Marner, Matthews, and Nealander. Oh, I saw this tweet. Ottawa is paying $42 million for Shabbat, Giroux, Norris, Batherson, Kachuk, and Debrinkit without even counting Stutzla's... um, Without even counting Stutzla, who's on his ELC. I know which one I'd take. 
<laughs> and I'll tell you this, I knew I would take Toronto. And you look at it now, <laughs> I don't know. You know, Toronto's sitting second in the Atlantic, and I don't know. I had to look really hard. Yeah, Ottawa is last in the Eastern Conference. So, are they in the in the whole in the entirety in, in yeah, the Eastern they're Conference? Second, well, they're, they're the second, second last team. in the league. Yeah, I don't. So, I mean, I, I don't so know which one I would it, take, but I, I, I think I would. I would take the. the I saw some funny. What's that? What's the? Uh, there's like that onion onion site for the um for hockey. I can't remember what it's called. It's like uh, um. What is it here? Oh, the the Beaverton. Have you have you seen that site or whatever that pops up? It's like basically the Onion, but it was it was uh, just parody or satire. It's just quote. No one said we'd be good this year. Unquote. Claims Sens fan who spent all summer saying team would be good this year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the thing for me is like this is not surprising to me at all, and so it doesn't even register as like something that because. I remember when they kind of had their offseason were making those moves. I think we maybe talked about it on the podcast. I'm sure there's an episode from the summer. Like, I didn't think neither of us, I don't think any of us thought Ottawa was going to be good this year. Like, I didn't necessarily think. They added Giroux, and they added Jabrinkit, and they added, like, but then, you know, I don't know. And then there's also the I one of the best trade rumors that I've seen this year is the, the Myers for Zaitsev trade rumor. <laughs> That's going around. best. I really want to see it happen. Oh, it's so good because – it's so good because what is it? Zaitsev who makes uh, four point five and and Myers makes six and they both have a year left, and they're both like literally the same player. Like I mean, like they're very, I mean, like I other guess, than like how I tall think is Zaitsev? Significantly better now. Oh, I uh, maybe. I mean, like I think I would rather have Zaitsev than Myers, but like because he makes less. Well, I will we're say about bad players, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, Myers. How did those contracts happen? Uh. I mean, there's a reason. Like, how did the Gubranson contract happen? I, I mean, it's still they're comps. Well, Tyler Myers is six eight, right? Yeah, that's how yeah. it happened. He's. Do you tall. know what a Tyler Myers hat trick is? Uh, what hit your head on the on the taking three tripping penalties in a game? <laughs> <laughs> did that happen like recently? I'm pretty did sure you... that happened at TD Garden like last Sunday. <laughs> Myers took three tripping penalties. I think so. That's, did you just make that up? Like, That's a pretty good the Myers. That is a trip. pretty good bit. I no, feel I like think you... I saw the Canucks fans like actually. Oh really? Or at least like <laughs> they would say the like, three minor penalties, but they're usually always trips. But yeah, because he's a traffic cone. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the, I will say that that was, you know, we were following along with many Jets fans when you know Myers was on the Jets, and. It's really he on makes I, he was on the Jets right yes. my memory okay okay good I don't know why I just thought for a minute I was like I had a f- moment of do you know which team he was on before the Jets oh he uh, played on a team before the Jets he won the Calder Trophy <laughs> what with how did I not know that he won the Calder <laughs> no did you guess which team oh I remember this it's Stop. been so long I looked it up I looked it up because oh, I was Luke. curious. Let's see it. Let's get your guess. He was on that team for like six years. I completely forgot yeah. about that. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're. Yeah, are really? I don't remember. How do I? Maybe I it's because like maybe we just follow more Jets fans on Twitter, and they were constantly yes, complaining yeah. about Myler Myers. It was Buffalo. Um, he played for Buffalo for oh, six years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which sorry, Sabres fans. I I did know that. I just had forgotten about it because. Uh, what yeah. year is from the Sa- on in the Sabres? Uh, he played until fourteen fifteen. I think it was he his rookie season two thousand nine. I think he's been in the league that long. Yeah, he's you know he's he's been around for a while. Which is how you old know, is he? Oh, I I mean he's got to be like in his thirties, right? Like yeah. 
I mean, he's he he's he's he has 15 seasons in the league. How is that possible? How did I? So he's well, least, he was in the dark days of Buffalo. Well, I guess uh, back then was that with well, no, was that Vanek was so around. That was I. I remember um, some Devils or not Devils Sabres fans talking about that. Those um, the 13, 14, 14, 15 Sabres was like that was the Myers. Uh, uh, who was the other? Who was the pair? Was it Myers Ristolainen? Yeah, I think so, or something. It was like the ultimate, like you the know, tank the ultimate why tank commanders. Why can't I remember the na- like the pair? I think well, it was we have Myers. A, we have a uh, tool on our website called yeah combos. So I, I apologize to to our Sabres fans. I think it was Kevin NT Ryder on Twitter uh, was the one who I think mentioned it. And he I just, said fourteen fifteen. I think it was yeah. either thirteen fourteen fourteen. Okay, 15 let's see who the... Myers played with the most in in. <laughs> Wait, hold uh, on. Where are we at with time? We probably should take we a break. Should. We're at thirty six. Georges. Balls, but... Yeah, we're way past oh, the 30-minute no, no, no. mark. This is deep here. So I will say also, before we go to break, our, our um, weekly fl- uh, Flyers check-in is that they're currently 23rd in the league in points percentage. So <laughs> two weeks ago, they were eighth. So they are, uh, they're on the downward slope. <laughs> okay, let's see Georges and Enstrom. That was 14-15? 14-15, he played the most time with Georges and, uh, and, and then... In terms of total time on ice, he spent seventy percent of his time with Josh Georges. Yeah, but Josh okay. Georges was bad too. They, oh they, my goodness, they had was anyone good on that save those Sabres teams? <laughs> they I had I mean, a Corsi four percentage when they were both on the ice of thirty three point nine. Myers Georges. Myers Georges. <laughs> um, hold on, let's see the year before that. I I can't believe I forgot about Myers on the Sabres. Wait, wasn't Ristolainen? Oh, yeah. Was he draft class of fourteen or? Or fifteen. I don't. I don't know. Or was he and 13? then in, I have no play memory. with Henrik Talander. I do not know. <laughs> Could that player is. I have I no really idea. Think. That's thirteen fourteen. Yeah, I want to see if any of the um, if any teams this year are still on pace to kind of match any of the uh, the the, the, the historic Buffalo the historic Buffalo fourteen fifteen 14, numbers. 15 numbers. Um, Chicago is. <laughs> they're not even close from Corsi, but they're the second worst team. It five uh, even strength Corsi differential right now. Wrap them, um, and then who else is uh, the Blue Jackets? Chicago and the Blue Jackets and the Ducks are kind of all in the bottom ten right Chicago, now. Chicago, arguably, I think we went over this like their game, <laughs> their game on uh, Saturday night was horrific. They might be the worst hockey team I've ever seen. Like I genuinely <laughs> do think that the Chicago Wolves could come up and beat them in a seven game series. <laughs> oh, that Boston game. I remember yeah, you, yeah. you like messaged us. I was like, sometimes Genuinely, I was really upset for the people that had to pay to be there. Like, <laughs> was it in Chicago? No, it was in Boston. I was there. Oh, <laughs> like, don't you enjoy that though? It's nice to have it was the, the worst uh, the other product side. I've ever seen on the ice. It was like watching a high school team play an NHL team. Like, it was. It really was that bad to the point, like something needs to kind of be done here. Like that is <laughs> I've watched the 14-15 Sabres, okay? I've watched these terrible Arizona Coyotes teams. I have never seen anything like the Chicago Blackhawks team, which isn't even coming close to trying to even stay in games. Well, and that's like the they thing. don't even yeah. forecheck. They don't even forecheck. Like literally, they just give well, up on what, forechecking. Yeah, they, they just all emulate Patrick Kane's game. They just that's <laughs> all they all do now. <laughs> <laughs> that's their only that's their only they're like all right, right the coach is like all right forwards this guy is really good yeah watch him and play and then, like patrick kane yeah. and then no one plays defense <laughs> and then or four checks and they literally I, can't but get the again, puck back i think legitimately this year we are seeing a true tank season like what we talked oh, yeah. about in the off season because like the we ducks are. are the they're the worst 
since 2007 right now, they have the worst XG differential at even strength to wrap them. And no team... I mean, the Ducks have also been terrible. I don't think like, they were trying for this, though. No, no. But, like, I, really I think... Don't. Here's the thing. Chicago, the Ducks, Columbus, silly. Like, I mean, still. Well, so like, I, it's just, Columbus and then Arizona are the four teams, I think, that have... And I think the Flyers might. I join think we're going to see the Flyers down there. Yes. Oh yeah. And I, I would like not, those. I would like, not give I, up on the Flyers. I last. think this is one of the most competitive tank years we've had. <laughs> in like, I mean, since fourteen fifteen. Oh yeah. I, I think honestly, is Bedard like? I mean, it seems oh. like I keep seeing these like. Bedard's, oh, Bedard's on like David. a Bedard's on like a sixty no, point. No, he can't. You think he's yeah. better than McDavid? No, absolutely. No, I don't think so. Really, I, mean, I wouldn't put McDavid as the best player in the league right now, anyway. So, I mean, I think he's yeah, but like you think Bedard is gonna is he gonna be better than Matthews? I don't think so, mm-hmm. but I think if anybody is coming into the league and being better than Matthews, well, Matthews is in the league, it's him. See, I'm just I I think that it's hard to well I don't know I've been I have no idea, so I don't want to act, but that's surprising. Anyway, me. I was just gonna say that it's to get back to that the Bruins uh, Blackhawks game. It's always funny when people like I see some of our charts on like social media or whatever, and I'm like I get a little bit nervous sometimes because it's like hold on, did we do something wrong? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. is something breaking with the models? I and, think like, when you, that happened, of, yeah, that happened with because then like so I saw that chart you said, and then you then messaged you're like no, this is like the worst hockey team I've ever seen play yeah. in a game because after two periods they were the Blackhawks had put up point like two. They XG. didn't put up a single expected goal in the entire game. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was less than that. I went and looked, and yeah. their third period was a little better. They put up like a two thirds of a yeah, because the Bruins didn't care. Yeah, well, yeah, it's garbage time or whatever. Garbage but time. It was the same thing earlier in the season when the Devils beat Columbus. I don't know if you saw that. That yeah, um, yep. I had to go look into it. Um, they, I think they had the biggest single game XG differential in a in a game. Yeah. They it was, and I was like, hold on, what happened here? And then everyone was literally like, that was the biggest difference like that was the most lopsided game i've ever seen in my life was yeah. when the devils beat the blue jackets it's been funny because because of the the lack of parity this season as you know with the with the <laughs> tanking teams it's just we're getting bigger differentials than i think we've seen um in a long time and it's just kind of interesting that i wonder i mean i just we really should go to break but i, I think know the blue but i think jackets I being think... like in competition for like a number one draft pick is still really funny to me yeah um but well, they, yeah they, also, they, they lost throw they, and it's kind of a, they lost we, Wierenski too for yeah like the whole that's season, really so it's like pretty because you know. Wierenski was having a really solid start um but i wonder if the if the ducks like go full like they trade gibson they trade like <laughs> well he's been kind of helping with the tank hasn't he hasn't i actually think yeah probably i don't think he's been particularly great this year i know but they probably could get something for him at the deadline is terry right? their best player this year uh yeah probably right that was zegris maybe zegris. it might yeah it might be zegris it's just kind of unfortunate because like they have some really yeah, fun they fun do players also klingberg that didn't work it hasn't worked out oh, has it no uh, no i think <laughs> all the people who are like oh i think if you put him in a new system different system yeah but without, uh, i mean Cronus. you put him in like the worst system <laughs> I, yeah, that's true <laughs> but he only signed a one year right like he's this yeah is he's just, meant to leave yeah he's just but pl- why would he sign with the Ducks. If he's I mean, trying he got to a revitalize, lot. he got way overpaid for the one year deal. I know, but I'm it. saying that like if he wanted to revitalize his career, he shouldn't go to the Ducks. Like, right? I mean, Someone's gonna they... trade for him anyway. I know. Yeah. yeah. And look at players that leave the the Ducks. I mean, look at Hampus Lindholm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well, Raquel. Yeah. Raquel. 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 He's having a good season. He's having a really good season with the Pens so far. Um, I'm trying to think. 
who was on the team last year that left. Yeah, it's just a bummer that Troy Terry is and Zegers are kind of stuck on the Ducks. Yeah, you know, Enrique's like, having a pretty good year too. Last year, uh, let's see. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Fowler has been pretty bad, and he was pretty, oh yeah, he was relatively good last year. Cam Fowler said like um, I think he's been like the bottom of everything I've been checking. Uh, Jerry Mayhew was on their team last year. You know, classic. they had Jerry Mayhew, infamous, yeah. infamous, Gerald Mayhew, uh, and, and they lost. I mean, honestly, maybe them losing Jerry Mayhew is the reason why they've been so bad this year. He's not on the team this year, or at least hasn't played for them. Anyway, Sean, please leave, take us to break because we are well we'll do past a shorter this second is the longest segment. First segment for, we've ever we're like forty five minutes right well, now. Well, we'll do a real short second segment. <laughs> Then. We and, can talk. Uh, let's talk about your article, Sean. That'll be fun. Uh, the second segment. Okay, we can yeah. do that. Anyways, right. we have our same old sponsor as usual to come in. <laughs> Boring. And uh, and talk to y'all. So we'll see you after this. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Thank you so much to our sponsor for that lovely message. I didn't switch it up this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think la- was it last week that I came back and I switched it up. Yeah, you that were was good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. I kept everybody on their toes. Good work. Honestly, Sean. I think everybody was on their toes going into that message because every week I say we're gonna have we have a new sponsor, and there's not a new sponsor. So you keep things I think fresh. Everybody knows if we ever do actually go get a sponsor that uh i'm going to say that yeah i'm just gonna leave it and then it'll be a surprise <laughs> we're never gonna abandon evolving hockey though as a sponsor yeah we just we'll added good money for that <laughs> yeah we put it yeah they, they evolving hockey paid a lot of money for that ad spot so you know yeah and did a lot of work for it too mm-hmm. for it um anyway anyway yeah we're back after a long first segment for uh, a segment. Yeah, it was super longest long. Longest in evolving hockey podcast history. History. And, and you know, good way to continue season two. We're on season two now. I've been you logging. You decided this to call this season two. I started a couple weeks ago. I started calling it season two. I feel like you could have. So here's the thing. If I was going to do it, the numbering of the seasons, I would have had a season zero. I, I don't know why I started with indexing from zero. I also convinced you to, to start with episode zero. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not a Python user, but um, I would have done season zero that was like the preseason and like our first few warm-up episodes, if you will. We threw an episode out in that. Low-key, we should post that at some point. Yeah, but anyway, then I would have started I with season that. one throughout the hockey-playing season. I would have called it season two for the off season and then had this be season three okay you lost so you me have a little on bit. season <laughs> and off season oh i see but those are yeah okay it doesn't really matter <laughs> i don't just, I, we should the, have season one uh, season zero and then negative season negative one no, for the off season what start indexing starts at negatives. one we're not starting the indexing at zero we're starting it at I one. Like, I like a good index at zero. because Our like, COVID symptoms are indexed at zero. Here's right? the thing. I think a lot of times it's all about inertia, really, about getting stuff going. <laughs> right? Like if you're going to number sure. out one, it's official. 
or if you're numbering at zero, it's just like, let's put something down on paper. Let's see how it goes. And then you build off of it. There's a lot more pressure starting at one than there is at zero. Yeah, maybe well, for you. Great. I don't. I don't think of numbers no, as that's having great. Great advice for everybody that's listening out there. As well. <laughs> you should index starts at zero at one because that's how R does it, and R is the superior programming language. To... <laughs> I'm just. I'm joking. Obviously, this but... is a throwback. We haven't. We haven't joked about this in like over a year. I feel like indexing. Yeah, it's about the dumbest thing you could you could joke about. But you're the one who's joking about it, Sean. I'm not anyway. joking about it. I'm serious. You should start at zero. I really well, do can't. Think that's like we a can't good idea. retroactively go back and change the indexing that we used. We started at zero. We started at zero, and then we skipped one. Oh, but see, so oh, I'm saying the season, the episode that we did not post. I think we skipped the number, so I think it was episode two, and we skipped it, and we went to episode three, and then we we're like, yeah, everything is right. One. And then we didn't number the episodes for like the guests and like yeah everything is right in the world anyway all screwed up enough of this nonsense sean had a very good article up on the site uh we haven't uh, had a ton of content on the site, uh, you know. That's but Sean. Sean uh, uh, has a really. You should go check it out. It's the first article on the on the front page. Um, for those who didn't see it, Sean, you want to give a quick overview of what it was about and what you did? Yeah. So basically, we talked a little bit about my tracking that I've been doing um, on last week's episode. But basically, I've been tracking five on five entries and exits for the Bruins. I've actually been getting back through. Proud of myself. Uh, on shot assist so i'll have something oh. eventually on shot assist uh which will have location data as well which would be interesting um so i've been doing that and long story short i basically kind of took what i would say is like your quote-unquote like worst player in the database if you will which is aj greer and i like aj uh, i liked aj before before going down um and talking to him in boston or in brighton um on Saturday afternoon, but I liked AJ. I thought he was a fine depth player through my eye test. I thought he was playing like a good role. Like he's a, a good four checker. Um, he's actually has seven points in 14 games this year. Um, so I thought it would be a good challenge to just kind of focus on the bottom part of, of the table and kind of like getting to know that and asking him about his game and, uh, AJ is also someone who's bounced around a ton in his career. He left BU. So he went to BU and for the 14, 15 season played with Jack Eichel and that team. Um, he took an accelerated year, meaning like that would have been like his senior year of high school. Um, but he went in like a year early. He was the youngest player in NCAA and kind of moved up from like a depth role to like kind of higher up in the lineup. But Midway through his sophomore year, he doesn't want to continue on a checking line. He and also part of this it will hit home for you, like Jordan Greenway's kind of coming in mm-hmm. and kind of took like what his spot could have been. So he went to play in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Then he goes and plays. I think he had forty seven games over the course of six seasons, um, between the Avalanche and Devils franchises. And uh, so it hadn't really been working out, and he really solidified himself. So, yeah, I think I just sort of dove into the topic of looking at the nuance of neutral do- neutral zone decision-making um, and how players can succeed in different roles and how their environment can affect the way that they make decisions. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, it was really really solid. Um, I was curious what your definition was by why or like when you said it in the tweet, but also just now, like what uh, like why do you think that he is the worst player in the in like what what kind of constitutes or defines that? I guess so. It's it's arbitrary, right? But he so the idea. Well, actually, I I believe if I did it out, I don't have the math on me right now. If I did it out, uh, Charlie O'Connor did on hockey graphs. He did weighted shots created or some sort of stat uh, related to neutral zones. So basically like a controlled entry will create like on average 0.66 shot attempts per entry. Uncontrolled is like 0.29 or 0.26, something like that. Okay. And then like a field entry is obviously zero. And so you can kind of do like that sort of weighting system. And I believe he'd he'd come up at the at the bottom uh, of the Bruins forwards uh, if he did that. But he dumps it in at an extremely high rate. Uh, when I went down to speak with him on Saturday, uh, at the time he had dumped the puck in at sixty five percent of the entries that he attempted. And he even dumps the puck in at a higher rate than like David Pasternak enters the zone with control. <laughs> um, so like he just he throws the puck in deep a lot, and I think that would be based on I think people's perceptions also of like posting the tables like they would see that as the worst. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I thought that was like an an interesting challenge, if you will, and also. You know, through tracking it and when I post things, like I don't associate them, I guess, with like a ranking, you know, yeah, it's more contextual because at the end of the day, like the big picture is more or less like a wrap them. I think it's a little bit about understanding how a player gets to certain results um, and really trying to understand the nuances uh, as it pertains to like microstats than actually it being like a good player evaluation tool just because there is so much noise that's built into zone entries like i talk about you know aj plays with fourth liners therefore he doesn't you sort of have a diminishing value for controlling an entry because you're not gonna be able to create as much offense off the rush right yeah or you know he's playing on a fourth line and therefore his teammates are are really good right like his other teammates that aren't his line mates are really good. When yeah. he steps off the ice, there's a two thirds chance that Patrice Bergeron or David Pasternak is coming on the ice. Right. Yeah. So, um, just literally doing, having nothing happen on the ice is a success for his role. So it means he's got to throw the puck in deep more. Right. Yeah. So there's like a lot of noise created to it. And I think it's about understanding the context and also understanding, I guess, how a player might think about that as well. So it was really cool also to, to actually like be able to go down and, and speak with AJ myself. Well, um, I was going to say, did you get the sense that he was a stats guy? Do you think that he was looking at numbers? AJ often? is not a stats guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, AJ. So AJ is like a golden retriever is how I describe him. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like hockey's kind of his life. And he's just a very different – he wouldn't be a stats guy. I would be interested – I know Taylor Hall kind of is. Yeah. Maybe i try to do a Taylor Hall-based article at some point. I mean, that'd be fun to see if uh, – uh, you know, I, I've always wondered with, with hockey players specifically if, like, um, you know, how many – because I know that there, I've seen some quotes about – I think – what was it? Was 
did Taylor Hall have a quote about how he would go and look at like natural stat trick, I think, or something? I think I do remember that. I, yeah. I think it was from a couple years ago, and it would be fun. I mean, like, I'm just curious what, um, you know, because obviously you hear about this in, in baseball, it's become, and even in basketball, where the players are well aware of like the metrics and they know the acronyms and they know kind of what they mean. Um, but also, like, just in general, what which players in the league are, are kind of looking at those things, or are there any that are, you know, other than Taylor Hall that are kind of interested in it? Well, and I would, um, I would be interested. It seems kind of the question this kind of brings up for me is like I would imagine that you know if a team has a has a very you know has an analytics quote-unquote department um, it seems like you know if you were putting a player or asking a player to do a you know play a specific role like say a fourth liner right um, you know well they're obviously like I mean we talked and you talked about this is the you know the the how different the zone starts are for the Bruins and how like crazy the the unbalanced the top line deployment versus the bottom line deployment is right and you know we can do the best we can to try to account for the impacts that that those that type of deployment will have on a player's you know um measured output of like you know shot rates and shot generation but like it is interesting to think about if players are thinking like hey i'm getting deployed in the defensive zone a crazy amount you know, whereas they're starting in the defensive zone and then they have to transition the puck into the offensive zone, which is it's kind of an interesting thought to think about if they're dumping the puck more because of all the work they had to do in the defensive zone to get the puck out versus if they were starting in the neutral zone or offensive. Well, I guess if they're starting, you know, if you're starting in the defensive zone and you have Patrice Bergeron taking the, pen, the, the face off, right, he has a much higher win percentage of face offs. You know, if you win the faceoff clean, have have control, you're going to have a much easier time transitioning into the offensive zone than if, say, you're playing on a fourth line role with like a center who, you know, now I'm not, you know, this isn't me saying like, this is just an example of how you would gain control in the defensive zone. But it's just an interesting thought to try to think about if if that would be something that, that professional players would consider or if they just don't even think about that and they just try to move the puck forward <laughs> you know yeah, i don't think they i don't think they think about it like big picture i think i think they're really focused on their individual jobs right mm-hmm. yeah to do them to the best of their ability but i think you know and i talked to allison lucan before i went down as well um just to see like how does one talk to a player yeah <laughs> you know and it's like you can't just like someone like me i would probably be sort of comfortable like literally just sitting down like here's my laptop here's what i've been doing yeah like your thoughts yeah or like to to just kind of get them on in a like a deep hockey conversation i think it's but there's like there's a level of difficulty in like for many different reasons to be able to try to get that and so a lot of it's about like speaking their language and trying to to see it from their lens the to the best you can and then um try to build on it from there yeah well it, it's yeah. very it's a very weird it, it is more of a there's a lot more of like a uh trick to the trade than i think i initially realized as well well i didn't really think so i was this idea came to me like on wednesday morning or something let's say it was Wednesday, tuesday or wednesday morning shortly after our podcast mm-hmm. and i'm just thinking about this and then i think i was just gonna make it like a tweet thread and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll make an article. I'm like, wait a second. Why don't I just go down and talk, you know, to AJ? Because I could do that, right? Yeah. And so 
I, I schedule it and whatever. And then it's like, wait, <laughs> what do I do from here? Like, yeah. I'm so focused on that part. Um, like, do you prepare questions? Do you? And I just had an opener and then I like went from there. Yeah. And because um, how long did you talk with him for? A little over like five minutes. Okay. So, yeah, not, not particularly super long. No, I mean, and it's like, it was a little bit weird because like Saturday was like an optional uh, skate and like, Hampus Lindholm came in, but like outside of that, like there's no one that came in the locker room, and I'm just over there with AJ alone. Like it was a set one on one thing, and like everybody else is over there. It was a little odd as well. Um, <laughs> but AJ's good too, and like you can kind of get, I think you kind of figure out how to get them going as well, and like he'll continue. Um, he kind of broke my heart when he said that he felt like a replacement part everywhere else, especially yeah. because we use goals above replacement as an example, yeah. like that specific word. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that we've had brought up before, and I think we just have used it because it's the, it's the, you know, this is the, uh, the standard, like, baseball. It's been for, you know, decades. That's yeah. what <laughs> kind of been the term. Yeah, it's kind of, I've always felt like. But it like... does feel, I mean, like, especially when you're talking with players, if they hear, like, oh, you're just replacement level, it's like, yeah. Like, I, when you mentioned it, like, earlier over the weekend, I was like, oh, that is a little bit of a, I never really thought about it kind of from that personal level where you're like, oh, well, you, we could just replace you, you know, or like. Yeah, you're not you're not special. Basically, is what that kind of means. Yeah, which I don't is not like, you know, it's not the intended <laughs> purpose. Um, well, it's the very well, cold. It's the very cold, it calculated like kind of uh, terminology that is developed around it, which I think is clear, and I think it 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 communicates kind of exactly what it is very easily. And it's right? also from a from a philosophical perspective, or like a from like a team building standpoint, is you you want to be benchmarking against what the you know, it's not necessarily you're replaceable. It's just trying to set the benchmark at you could go out and get any player that would be readily available for. But that's still the cheap. kind of. I the know same it thing. is. <laughs> I know, but it's like if you're a depth player. I mean, I've heard this a lot. You know, you hear this all the time with like fourth line players and how terrifying it is in the NHL organization where you know you're they're playing like they might only play twenty games in a season, and every single game there, it's just like. You know they're terrified of of getting sent down to the minors. And is, I mean, was Greer is he played? Is he like he's like played every game, hasn't he? For the most part, is he's not no, but in... he's like solidified himself now. Okay, yeah, he's played fourteen or is it fourteen or fifteen now? Yeah, fourteen. But I, I think. But I would say that like the kind of stuff that you're tracking is stuff that I think would be much more relatable for a player to look at. Like they might not even be aware of, oh, right? Absolutely. Like, if I know. go down and if I go down and talk with Taylor. Uh, that's kind of like the the one that would be on my my idea bucket list. Um, you know, you could probably go a little bit deeper. He's really high on the exit stuff. He, his exit okay. numbers right now are really ridiculous. Yeah, it would be interesting to dive into, and you could have a different conversation with him as opposed to, as opposed to um, AJ Greer. And you bring up a good point here, and I didn't include quote actually like a lot of this stuff i didn't really include a lot of it was like me being able to get a feel for aj and like how he's thinking you know but he said like a big part of him being able to stick in is that you know he doesn't feel like any one mistake can send him down to the ahl yeah like he feels that he has the support of the coaching staff and management to be able to make mistakes and grow as a player as opposed to like he's just kind of coming in and being a, like, an actual replacement part right yeah and uh, i think part of that's just like the bruins don't have too many other options so like what else are they gonna do but i think also some of that's just really the commitment of 
of the coaching staff and the philosophies that have changed over this year with Jim Montgomery coming in um, and with John Gruden coming in, Chris Kelly's, you know, he's almost like a peer for them. It's really funny like that he's coaching some of his like old teammates on the team, Um, you know, but it's like you need that sort of commitment. And I think that then changes like the numbers too. like Charlie uh, O'Connor like was telling us, um, when he came on the podcast here that sometimes like just things run a little bit deeper than you realize that you wouldn't get on the surface level. And, um, like, I think that's part of it too. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's interesting because you see this with these type of players. Like, I think this, this reminds me of like Tyson Jost was just waived by the wild and claimed by the Sabres and then there were some quotes about him that were kind of, I think, kind of misinterpreted because they were taken out of context. But it was like, if you read the full quotes of Jost, he basically was like, and if you've watched the Wild this year, it's like they've just been, it's just been a blender, their lines this year. It's like nobody's had a chance to get comfortable with other players. They've just been kind of throwing stuff at the wall, hoping it sticks. And it's like, I can only imagine how stressful that is if you're a professional player, you know, and, and you're trying to make it into an NHL team and just every other game who knows who you're playing with, who knows how much time you're going to get. You know, it's very hard to get comfortable with the other players, especially some of them you maybe have never played with before. I would imagine that's a very difficult environment to be playing in. And especially if, like, you know, you're Tyson Jost or, you know, A.J. Greer or any other, you know, type of, um, you know, I guess more of like a depth player, right? That's going to be a really hard situation to get comfortable with and, you don't also the other thing to think about is like, well, how are the coaches evaluating you? Because a lot of times even announcers will talk about a fourth line and how many points their the players have gotten, you know. But it's like a lot of the time a fourth line, that's not what the fourth line's supposed to do. Like, why are you judging these players based on their point production, right? It's like a lot of times you're you should be judging those players based on I mean, I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying that more often than not, you're like depth scoring. That's not the point of having depth, right? It's to try to give, you know, for the overall team. And I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing because it's going to be different team to team, and you don't know exactly what you're being evaluated based on. It is very interesting. Like Jim Montgomery on Saturday morning had said, or I kind of missed like the question, but it was something about that he had, and I had missed it from Thursday night. Um, that he had said that like Pavel Zaka had like the highest scoring chance differential or something, which again, we don't necessarily like scoring chance differential, but that's like a language that he speaks and I'm not sure how they do scoring chances, but perhaps um, that comes from upstairs with the Bruins analytics department, which is now up to five employees. Um, You know, so he's seeing it from an on ice perspective as opposed to like a points perspective yeah um and Pablo Zaka just sort of got promoted um actually mid-game on Saturday and he stayed up um with Pasenak and and Krejci on Monday in Tampa so like I think he sees it in that lens but then he also understands you know or he's quick to also say that there's you know nuance in it that you know the game against Pittsburgh he was like minus one and they're like scoring chances but he had three points, 
but also like not just the points he had like seven controlled entry uh seven controlled exits and like two controlled entries that night which is really high um yeah. so like he was probably playing like fairly well um that night and like he was like you could throw that out sometimes too um <laughs> well and it's a single I don't think game I would say throw you know. it out i think there's just nuance but you know. yeah well and, and ultimately i think you're kind of um well it's 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 i i've always thought it's a really interesting thing to like think about how players evaluate how coaches evaluate and how we or analysts or journalists evaluate right because we're they're the different the, the the way in which, you, or like, I guess the motivation or like the end result of what you're looking for is is often very different in those situations. And for I think for you know people like us, like Luke and I, and you even you know to an extent, like uh, a lot of it is almost like trying to have this separation from you know we're kind of trying to be this objective, almost cold you know evaluation of kind of what what goes on. But I think when you you know like with your article and you going and talking with you know AJ Greer, you know it kind of puts the face on some of the stuff that we don't necessarily always like think about, um, which is uh, you know I, I think very enlightening and very it's you know so hopefully you can get you know get a little article with uh, Taylor Hall and then also you gotta you know start going to all these other teams and you know become the yeah. the player <laughs> analyst interviewer or whatever you want. Yeah, maybe um, maybe. Well, the thing is, I, I I'm getting all this like track data, but I I can only really sort of do it for for one team right yeah yeah unless somebody's gonna give you the data but um well and the funny thing also would be like you know say that there is an organization where their analytics department is very and the the players are very much involved in that process like there's probably only so much that they can say on the record right it's like they can't really tell you what you're wondering because that's that would be kind of proprietary for the team and how they're kind of understanding it and you probably would probably i mean that would be something that like maybe a head coach could all, like, I, could, I don't think i don't think you would ever get the players down to anything that would be like something that would be proprietary yeah i yeah. think because that's the thing too is like the way that that a player is going to think like they don't care about the rap them as an example but i think and i think it gets really filtered down um and actually bruce cassidy uh which i know you guys know which press conference i'm talking about had like mm -hmm. a good explanation about it you know but it gets watered down but i think they having objective ways to look at how they're playing their game and improve, I think is always going to be welcomed by a player. Yeah. I think it's just really hard to get that communication there. And um, like, I think it would be valuable to have somebody on a coaching staff that really can understand the numbers and be able to communicate to players, I guess, kind of what they need to be doing. And again, that might be an intermediary. Like you go through a skills coach or you go through the head coach, to help like tailor i guess their their practice plans or different things that they might be focusing on or different film um it'd probably be like a video coach really yeah but that that's someone like that's very good at the numbers yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the, well i was just gonna say the other thing is that like you know we've and we've said this covered this multiple times about how hockey they we just don't have the data a lot of the time to make an actionable quote-unquote um like advice or direction to someone at that specific level about, okay, this is what you're doing. That's leading to this being good, or this is what you're doing. That's probably hurting you. Like we just don't have the data. So I think also for us, it's like, I remember with Charlie on, on here, just, this is a, a different point, but, um, just him talking about how it's like you can't just go into the locker room and ask a player like, "Hey, why do you suck?" You know, <laughs> like essentially that was like why. You know, it's like I think a lot of fans and you know I think we try to provide as objective as possible data as we can, um, and it's like sometimes that will lead you to kind of treat these players like they're 
you know, you forget that they're human beings. And, and that's something that I think, you know, we've, we've said this before is that I try not to focus on the bad players as much as I used to. Cause when I was a fan and you know, it was, I thought that was really interesting, but now I think that there is kind of something to players who are getting paid huge money, right? It's different when you're talking about a player like, you know, Tyler Myers or Zaitsev where they're making, you know, they've been on a, a regular on an NHL team and they're making like $6 million a year and they've been consistently not very good. That's a little different than if, you know, I wouldn't. And even then, in that situation, I think it's more funny that it's the organization yeah. <laughs> than it is the player. Well, yeah, like... that's what I'm saying is when I laugh about those type of contracts, like it's like, you know, I, w- I don't think I would ever feel like I it, it also it, it definitely has to do with the contract because like. I, if if like a you know a player is making league league minimum and they they're really not performing very well, well, I mean, that's they're not really making that much money, and so it's like, you know, that to me because a lot of the time indicates that their salary is going to be, you know, it's not like you can send Tyler Myers to the AHL, right? <laughs> like he's on a one way contract, you'd have to pay him six million dollars in the AHL. It's like you can't demote that player versus if you're if there's another type of player who's making just over league minimum and they're on a two-way contract, you know, that's very different type of player, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, but that was just, <laughs> it's nuanced, I guess. Yeah. I think we're probably about ready to wrap up. Yeah. The only last thing I would add is that it's hard. Cause again, like data, I guess is limited, but one of the things I was trying to do, I guess was to, I guess, prove to the point that you can use data to write in a positive light about like deaf players and such. Yeah. Which I think is always like challenging to get there. But, um, and AJ like has, uh, 0.69 XG wrapping right now. <laughs> um, I'm sure you mentioned so that to him, right? He actually has, he actually has good, um, I guess underlying numbers granted like wrap them. Like, I guess is not uh well calibrated at this point, but like you could do it. You can, you can use statistics for the little guys too. I think. Yeah. Um, when I remember that, you know, and the last thing I, I just popped in my head was I think there was a quote about around Zach Aston Reese. Someone mentioned how the stats like liked him as a defensive player, and he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know anything about that, but I guess that's good or something." It was, you know, <laughs> I don't remember what exactly it was. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about. He Sean. went to Northeastern. We, you know, those types of people, like you know. <laughs> I don't. There. I don't know what that means, but you know. They but it's to, funny. They go to school for five years, Josh. I don't know what. Okay, uh, what that has nothing to do with with what I'm talking yeah, about. It's just right. a Boston thing. You don't get it. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's funny when I've always been. I've found it very interested or interesting when players talk about the stats uh, and kind of their because obviously, like you mentioned, um, you know, I think at the very least the most the easiest way to communicate with a player I would assume is like through video, right? You mentioned. So when you all of a sudden have these just like tables that with numbers and acronyms that don't mean anything, well, it's like, okay, well, sure. You know, that's like, I think the stand, it's just, it's interesting to hear. Well, and I remember that 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 happened with just the quick last thing. Like, I think that Michael Russo asked Jared Spurgeon about his, cause you know, we've been huge. Obviously we talk about Jared Spurgeon on like every podcast, but like, (laughs) you know, I think that him is one of the most like, you know, I think that from a lot of our numbers, he would be considered one of the best defensemen in the league over the since he came into the NHL. Like I would consider him maybe top five, even you know, which I think that would surprise a lot of people, even people you know on who are Wild fans. I think that, and so it's funny. I think Russo brought that up or something, and and, and Spurgeon's reaction was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, basically <laughs> yeah. that's what he what the reaction was. It's like, oh, I, I mean. 
that's cool. I guess that that you know, I just try to do my job basically. Yeah. And it's like it's funny because it's like I think it just doesn't mean anything, you know. And I, I yeah, there's no frame of reference, and it and yeah, ultimately doesn't have any helpful. Like I think, like I already mentioned, but the stuff that you know, like I think entries, exits, those kind of things make more sense, even if they're not on video or they're not the easiest thing to like maybe kind of relate to necessarily. But like I think for, as a player, like you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I can maybe there are all you know there are options here. Whereas like I think you know anyway, we need to stop this podcast because we're going on way too long. Hopefully, Sean will have another article uh, with Taylor Hall or another <laughs> Boston player. Um, you should get in with Bergeron and ask him how he's so good def- at defense. <laughs> <laughs> no, at everything. At, yeah, at everything. Um, but no, uh, yeah. If, anyway, if you haven't checked it out, go uh, go from you know evolvinghockey.com. Uh, the first article, Sean has a good article up or a uh, good good post up uh, with some good good content in there. So um, so yeah, hopefully we'll have some more of that coming up. All right. Well, I will take us out. It was another great episode. I think this is what, like episode 56. Maybe we should make a negative. Maybe we should start counting backwards. <laughs> um, we go up to go up to 100 and then go back down. And then go back down, yeah. Hope every, everybody has a great Thanksgiving. We're very thankful for y'all. And uh, we'll yes, be we are. for um, another podcast next week where maybe uh, we talk about C-Hack a bit before we head out there um, that weekend. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Well, thanks, Sean. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. 